Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 116. My guest today is Jason Petty, better known as Propaganda. He's a hip-hop artist, poet, spoken word artist, and author. He's got a brand new book out called Terraform, Building a Better World. So Prop and I talk today about identifying the factors that build our identity, our origin stories, the things that have become normal for us that we just take for granted that maybe we shouldn't, and holding our opinions and experiences lightly, appreciating the long arc of diverse human history as we look to build a better world, one where everyone can flourish and thrive. Prop has so many cool, amazing thoughts. Uh, one thing we didn't actually talk about at all is hip-hop. So if you came here expecting a hip-hop interview, my apologies. We talked about everything else. So that's not here. Anyway, it's a lot of fun. Great stuff in here. And if you're looking for links to his book or for the text transcription of this, you'll find that in the show notes at jonathanpuddle.com slash podcast. Let's go. Propaganda, welcome to the show. This is exciting. Glad to have you here. What up, what up, what up? Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. So like I was saying just before, I'm new to you. I'm like, uh-huh. I've been immersing myself. I've been listening to the music. I've been reading the book and yeah. I'm like just soaking it all up. And uh, and I'm loving everything that you're doing and all your words and all these fascinating um different sources that make yeah. up who you are and these flavors and threads that inform you. But I would love maybe for you to uh, introduce yourself to me. Uh, yeah. I'm your newest friend. And, okay. Uh, tell me a bit about yourself. All right. You're my newest friend. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, first of all, it's like there's 8 billion humans on the planet. So there's the vast majority have never heard my work. So like, I'm never shocked when somebody's like, oh, I've never heard of you. I'm like, yeah, about right. You know? (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, my name is Prop. Um, I am from South Central Los Angeles. Uh, I moved around a lot in the LA and surrounding areas. Um, I fell in love with hip hop very young. uh, And it kind of became in a lot of ways a North star for um, navigating childhood, navigating preteen life, and then politics, culture, and even like, you know, my, uh, my beliefs, you know, um, justice, religion, all of it, like kind of through this sort of uh, experience of hip hop. Um, and then I'm father of two, I got two daughters, uh, I got a teenager and a toddler. So 15 and five. Um, I don't know what we was thinking. Uh, so I, I, I spend my days cleaning various hairs out of drains, you know, <laughs> that's pretty much, pretty much my days. Um, and I got a wife who's PhD in educational policy and social context. A lot of times guys are like, Oh man, I married up. And I'm like, no, really, no, really. I did. <laughs> she's, she's out of my league. No, she yeah yeah she's really out of like it's she's dude, a doctor dude. yeah i'm saying it's like i'm not like a lot of times dudes are just saying that because that's the right thing to say i'm like yeah but mine's a doctor <laughs> you know so so there's that you know um uh, 
I had yeah. my wife, I had my wife guesting on a, on a podcast recently. And I, cause I had said, I had had Tiffany Bloom on the podcast here talking uh-huh. about uh, why we silence women. And I said to her that I'm, mar- I'm glad I married a strong woman, that I'm glad mm. I married this powerful, educated, intelligent. Yeah. Woman. You know, and she was like, yeah, come on, say it, say it once more for the people in the back. Well, my yeah. wife had never heard me say that. Wow. And when we did a B-side later, she cried and she said, I never, I never really thought that you were glad. Wow. So anyway. That's interesting, man, because my wife tells me to stop saying it. <laughs> She's like, it's too much pressure, man. You every time you talk, you just big me up like I'm just like this like Einstein. And I'm like, well, you are. And she's just like, man, it's too much. Yo, chill. Like, so she's like, I'm just a human, man. Can y'all chill? I'm like, says the girl with the PhD. So yeah, yeah, you're just a human. Got it. Um, anyway, uh, so that's funny, man. My wife said the opposite. She's like, Can you chill? Um, but that that's beautiful, man. Uh, I guess we we're both on a journey in our our feminism. That's it, man. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so hip hop poetry. My father was a Black Panther. So that kind of like the the justice part of it. Um, I've existed in predominantly Latino neighborhoods. So in Filipino neighborhood, Latino and Filipino neighborhoods. So I've had a chance to like really just um, survey a cross section of culture. You know, that's kind of unique for a lot of people that I've, I grew up so multicultural. You know, what I'm saying and then with the Black Panther father. You know, it kind of like gives me a, a a wide perspective on the world you know i've was taught to be very curious um so and uh just kind of hold my my thoughts and opinions with an open hand you know where it's like equal parts you know confidence and humility you know that i could be wrong you know i've been wrong before you know and uh just really appreciating just the long arc of history and, and culture and, and just and i'm just fascinated by all of it you know that's so good i can resonate with so much of that man i love that i'd lived in five nations by the time i was five years old okay well you got me there but i lived in five nations but it was all in los angeles (laughs) (laughs) well then i moved to toronto and so it's the same story yeah same thing yeah toronto yeah you travel the world in toronto exactly all my filipino buddies in toronto Yeah. yeah 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 that's great so you're i was watching your instagram even though i'm on a social media fast don't tell anybody but I saw your book just arrived. Good Lord, man. You and you holding it in your hands, dude, the actual like artifact of it. It's like, and especially because I was a visual artist first. So like I took the the creative aspect of like, again, the texture, the imagery and all that, like the color, the font, like I was like hands on all, all of it. So to see it come together, uh, my homegirl, Mer, um, Maria Young, she, um, you know, I, I've, she's been, I've been a fan of hers for a long time. She's a family friend. And I was like, dude, like this, the artwork's yours, take control, like do what you do. And the way that this mug came together, I'm just like, as, yeah, there's, there's, I still get the butterflies, you know? Yeah. The cover is like, it's like a tiger caged about, to, <laughs> there's just like, there's like a caged energy that's yeah. like about to leap out off, oh, off the cover when I, the first time yeah. i saw it i was like yo yes this is yeah. this is full of energy i love this, this. A book book yep yeah. <laughs> yeah. so terraform building yeah. a better world mm-hmm. what's this about uh yeah so it's poetry and prose so it's poetry and short form essay you know around this idea of 
of terraforming, which is for all my, you know, science fiction nerds, they know what it is, but it's essentially the idea of like when you find a distant planet in the process of making it inhabitable to be able to like support life is called terraforming. Um, so I took that as sort of a, a diving board for just an idea of like what we should be doing here. Like, well, because if, I don't know, if you've been around last couple of years, it's getting less and less livable, you know, like quite literally with our uh, destruction of the planet, but socioculturally, you know, and, um, you know, wars, I mean, my Lord, like what's happening in the freaking fertile crescent of, you know, Mesopotamia where culture st started, you know what I'm saying? They're bombing each other back to the stone age. So like, just we're becoming, it's becoming less inhabitable. You know, so I uh, I thought about like, what if we took that attitude and approached our world now, like as if we were terraforming earth, like what would we do different? What would we do better? What would we maintain? What would we stop doing? You know, and and uh, so it's just a journey in that to really just stretch your imagination, you know, on, on what could be, you know? Yes. Yeah. At the end of the first chapter, you, or I don't know if it was the first chapter because there's like an introduction and then there's a few different. Yeah, 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 yeah. And honestly, I'm reading this book and I'm like, what am I even reading? This yes. is wild. <laughs> That's the hope, man. I'm enjoying it. And so, okay, you, you asked me, you asked all of us to make a list of everything that's normal mm -hmm. that maybe shouldn't be normal. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's fun. That's fun. And then I'm in my podcast research brain. And so I'm going to read on. But I thought, no, hold on. Wait I'm going to go. I'm going to yeah. do this. I'm going to do this. What'd you come up with? Did you come up with anything? Okay. Here's the very first thing I came up with. Non-white male bodies are almost uh -huh. universally sexualized. Yes. That is normal and probably yeah. shouldn't be. Yeah. I love it. Like, first of all, I was like, women's bodies are sexualized. And then I was like, it's bigger than that. Yeah. Yeah. Just non-white male bodies. That's good. Pretty yeah. Much. So then I'm like, okay. Uh, to apologize when you cry or show other strong emotions in public. Yeah. Dude, I like your list so far, man. Okay. I mean, that's probably because I grew up with big emotions. And, yeah. And You're still, and, I, and, and I've, and I've, yeah. I've journeyed with that. Yeah. But I'll sit down with somebody, you know, and for a glimpse, you see the fullness of their Imago day. With yeah. feelings and tears, and then they say, "Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for making yeah, back in the yeah. box. Yeah, making this weird. It's like, yeah, why is that weird? For real, we all do it. Yeah, that's good. Okay. It's normal to want more things. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, dude. I read. I mean, this is not. This is. I mean, this is probably not news to a lot of people. But I read something in the last year or so that was basically just like." okay, describing my white Western Canadian lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And they're like, if everybody on this planet had your lifestyle, like the planet would be toast in like 18 months. Yeah, yeah, we would yeah, it'd be all bad. Two cars, you know. I have two <laughs> fridges. I have three yeah. fridges. And yet yeah. I seem to want more. Mm. So that's <laughs> that's not sustainable. No, not uh, at all. To To want to look young, fit, and sexy at all times. Yeah. What's up with us in the twenties? Seriously. Like why, why the twenties? Why, why our twenties? Why is that the decade? I, it's probably I'm, the dumbest decade of mine. Right. Right. Is it? Yeah. Man. I mean, I'm starting to go gray on the top here and I'm, kind uh, of, 
I want to feel good about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Uh, this is the one that's really hitting me thanks to interviews with wonderful people like yourself that are teaching me mm-hmm. normal, but maybe shouldn't be to feel like my experience of life is the archetypal experience of human life on this planet. Yeah. My experience is the normal one. Yeah. And someone said to me the other day on this show, you know, it's not normal to even be white. No. And, and I had <laughs> never had caught. Yeah. It's like the, the most like, humans are not. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> that's a good point. I'm, wow. I'm, 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 camp, I'm trying to camp on that one because clearly it's, it's formed my entire life. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and continues so to form me, but I'm like, this is really real. That's good. Man. I never even thought of, I never even thought of that either until you said it. It's like, yeah, actually you're not, it's not really normal. It's, there's very few of you in relation to the rest of the world when you add it all together. That's interesting. I like that. Whoever told you that's brilliant. Do you feel normal as a black man? Or have we, have we, has, have, have all of this conspired to not make you feel normal? Man, it's crazy. It's like, I always think about like context is king in the sense that it depends on where I'm standing, you know? Um, I know my, and I fought back at it. So for so long, like, um, I, like I said, in a Black Panther home, Black was beautiful. It wasn't until I stepped outside and I thought everybody else was crazy for not thinking that Black was beautiful, you know? Um, So it seemed as though just living in, obviously in America, like America did its best to tell me that I was the other, you know, but when you're in sort of a supportive community, you're like, well, that, I mean, that can't be true. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so it's just this, like, there's a lot of, just uh, feelings of just like contradictory, just this like weird dystopian, like this dissonance to where yeah, you're like, I, yeah, dissonance to where it's like, I don't, I don't feel like I'm an other, you know? And I'm like, cause I mean, I have 13 aunts and uncles, you know what I'm saying? Like, and they got all kids and, and then there's our friends and then, what do you mean? You know what I'm saying? And then just, and it's like, I'm in this Latino neighborhood and I'm like, I don't, I mean, I know I'm different from them, but I have my family and I have this, like, we're just, we're just, but I didn't. Yeah. I, um, I think my normalcy, if I'm going to say it wasn't necessarily as a black man, cause I fought so hard against that in this black Panther home, it was more American mm-hmm. made me feel like I definitely took on that. Like, well, we're the center of, the world and the whole earth speaks English because of us and you all have to learn English and we're the apple of God's eye, you know, and I wonder why we're not in revelation. It's like, well, <laughs> kind of question is that, you know what I'm saying? So like, what's, you know, once you grow up and you're like, wow, that's a, that's a stupid question. Like, why would you, what do you mean? Why are you not in revelation? You know what I'm saying? Like, well, because, yeah. because half, half of the scholars in this continent would say, but America is in revelation, brother. <laughs> I go, oh, I mean, like, are we, the, are we the antagonists? Like, help me understand no. where, yeah, you know. See, that's this, that's the church I grew up in is like, it's all literal. It's all about America. And I didn't even grow up yeah. in America, but like this eschatological so weird. Northwestern yeah. exceptional thing. And that only, and certainly we're not the bad guy. 
right? Like couldn't be. Could, yeah. could possibly be. And yeah. <laughs> That's so funny because again, like I'm sitting in I'm sitting in this church and you start reading off the locations, and I'm like, well, I'm not stupid. I could see a map, the map right there. You that's those aren't white people. I don't understand. Like, I just remember being so confused and just just shrugging it off, like, huh? Well, you know, white people gonna do white people stuff, I guess. You know, they just kind of like just not thinking about it and and or thinking about like how you know that the rest of the room is not shrugging this off right as i am where i'm just like oh, well you know whatever like you know like i'm just like uh, they don't know what they're talking about but it's all good you know uh, but like realize that everybody else is like no that's what it is and you're like oh y'all believe that like oh wait we're seriously you you really think this about you you know what I'm saying jesus has got white hair and blue eyes obviously yeah i'm like y'all know he don't y'all really think he look like this I, I thought that was just creative license. Everybody don't know. Y'all just take a creative license. Oh, so we, oh no, he don't look, look this. Here's a map. Don't nobody look like that there. Like, do, yeah, that's crazy. Okay. Here's, here's the thought that just comes to me right now. White people. Yeah. Got empire so early. Yeah. That so degraded our own worth and personhood. Yeah that we have been living with an inferiority complex ever since. And we've just projected that onto mm. every, onto the planet, onto every other people group. Mm. Everything is, everything has been some kind of attempt. Yeah. 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 To de-throne. get more, to dominate yeah. more so that we don't feel so small and worthless. Wow. Mm. And then we taught everyone to feel the same way we were feeling. Yeah. I don't know. That's interesting, man. Cause like I, I, I often, yeah. Like, yeah, I think that that sort of empire mentality, you know, um, I'm reading this book called um, Guns, Germs, and Steel, uh, which is a, I don't know, you've heard of it? Uh, yeah, yeah, I haven't read it, yeah, but I know it. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a great book. It has a lot to do with like asking that question, like why did Europe reach out and colonize the world, you know, and develop cities and in, in this idea of kingdoms and empires and in enough and the desire to expand it. Why didn't it go the other way? How come like the Incans or the Mayans, why didn't they go conquer. across the Atlantic and conquer? You know what I'm saying? So, and they're there, I mean, there's a few, they, they obviously there's a lot of like, there's no way to answer this question. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of that in there, but then there's a lot of like, well, there's, there's factors. It's like, well, do you have, did you have large mammals, you know, to be able to like hunt and right eat you know what i'm saying did you domestic what about the food were you able to domesticate the plants there quicker you know what i'm saying and like and just like just this idea of you know well if you leave people alone for long enough are they going to all come up with the same thing it's just like asking a lot of these questions and it's saying you know basically there's nothing special about you know europe like genetically you know what I'm saying? That makes them any different than anybody else. You know what I'm saying? Our, our, our food sucks worse. Yeah, which means you had to leave. The planet. <laughs> which means like, yo, we got to go, man. I can't keep eating this. Can't keep eating this shit. No, uh, no. Uh, but yeah, they, you know, he talks about that and just like that there's, you know, there's a ton of factors. You can't point at one thing, but I do think it's interesting to say that, yeah, like, you know, white people as a modern term, you know, but you were just as tribal as everybody else you know and the 
the, you know, the Danes and the Goths and the Germanic tribes that took down the Roman Empire, you know what I'm saying? They were just as savage as any other savage anywhere, you know what I'm saying? So having a um, a longer view of history to know that like, yeah, like empires are a normal part of the civiliz- the development of civilization. I think what's so interesting about what happened with white people was the concept of supremacy. And that to me is like, that was the stain, you know what I'm saying? Like empires come and go and across tribal communities, it was like, yeah, it was about maintaining resources and power. But there was this thing that happened up there that was like, yeah, but we're genetically better. And that to me was like, huh, that's where y'all get that from? You know what I'm saying? And that to me, that one little freaking parasite like just riddled and destroyed everything you know um yeah so i think that and yeah as we said like it infected us to the point to where even when we are unknowingly affirming this idea of this biological differences that make us stronger or not stronger which like in a lot of ways have their origins in white supremacy, you know? And like, I, I catch myself all the time being like, well, you know, black people, you know, we could just handle blah, 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 blah. It's just in our bones. And it's like, well, is it, you know, or is it, I don't know, man, is that really how you want to say that? Like, I'm not to say that we're not unique in our experiences, but I think that uniqueness oftentimes have to do with the crucible we went through, you know? Um, but is it in your bones? I mean, I don't know, you know, like, so yeah, yeah that, that supremacy gene, to me is super unique about white the whites of the world for sure the whites yeah i think that's probably why why the europeans hated why we all hated hitler so much because because he made it too obvious yeah he pointed at it exactly. yeah you're not, you're not supposed to point at it bro <laughs> yeah hitler yeah hey man don't say the quiet thing out loud dog. Talk yeah. about it, man, but keep it yeah. down yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, this won't work if people are talking about it. We got to yeah. keep this under wraps. Yeah. So I'm writing down this list of things that are normal and that probably shouldn't be. And I'm looking at your list, you know, and the first thing that you wrote down, at least in the book, is mm-hmm. is this bipartisan politics. Yeah. And it was so interesting because when I read it, I was like, yeah, yeah, for sure, that. But when I went to write down my own list, I thought, hold on, well, that doesn't resonate as much with me. Oh, because I grew up, in nations with different political yeah totally totally so, so uh so walk us through because because what happens next in the book is as soon as you go past this list of of like what's normal and, and can we stop paying attention yeah. you start talking about our origin stories mm-hmm. so why do you start there well because i feel like it, it, it's like well before like let's back up for a second and be like how do how are we constructing our own identities you know and and however we construct our identities oftentimes come from our what we view our origins of. And then and then that's how we got to normal. You know what I'm saying? So like, well, let's back up a second. Like, well, let's self-critique here. Why am I what what this is? Like, you know, like you said, you, you we we went into the I went into like the partisanship thing. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Where'd that even come from? You know, and so I think that like that, wait a minute you know, is if we're going to imagine something different, like that's, you have to start there. You have to start at the, wait a minute, like 
how did I even, well, how did I get to where I am now? You know what I'm saying? What, what, what in my historical narrative, you know, again, was the germ to get us to where we are, you know, for better or for worse, because some germs are good, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, what was that? How do we get here? You know? So yeah, that origin story, the truth we tell ourselves, um, or the stories we tell ourselves that shape how we see ourselves today is like, that's of utmost importance. You wrote the beauty of a good story is that it draws out the beauty in us. Mm -hmm. How do you interface like trying to tell a better story about yourself with like, I don't know, not, not ignoring or erasing the, the bad stuff that like, like yeah. telling us to live in denial. No. And I try to go out of my way to make that clear that like, I'm just, I'm not, this isn't a, a denial it's not a rewriting in the sense that I'm trying to erase the ugly parts because the ugly parts is a part of the story. Um, the collection of it is, is the beauty, right? So an example in the book is this idea of, of what you guys would call first nations people um, is, a, is, you know, our indigenous, we would say the Apache tribe, you know, um, they have this, and it's in a lot of tribes, thing called fry bread, you know, and I just remember asking them like, you know, I know a lot of tribes that use fry bread. Like, what's the what's the origins of this? I thought there was maybe some sort of like, you know, shared ancestor at some point that came up with this. And it was like, no, it was poverty. It was because we were marched away by the American troops and they gave us a ration of flour and oil. And we just made fry bread, you know? And I'm like, damn, that's terrible. You know, like, and I felt embarrassed that I I like brought up this, rather ugly past, you know what I'm saying? Um, so I'm like, so so what's the story here? Is the story that they got marched away and was given this horrible, you know, thing you can't live on? Yeah. Is the story that they took that trash and made treasure out of it? Yes. You know what I'm saying? So the the better story, the beautiful story is like, is the treasure out of the trash? It's not ignoring the trash. It's mm. how the trash how how these people were able to make treasure out of it. So like, that's what I mean. It's like, you don't ignore the trash. You don't ignore mm -hmm. the ugly. You just, you, you, you see how what came out of that ugly and it doesn't, and again, it don't excuse the ugly. That's still wrong. You know what I'm saying? What happened to them was still wrong to this day, you know? Um, but it's not the only thing. It's not how I identify myself. I don't identify myself solely by my oppression. Yes. I identify myself by the totality of who we are, you know? Yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's good. I like that. I had a buddy in high school. He was probably one of my first, I guess I'd say African Canadian friends, uh -huh. black friends. Yeah. And his last name was Van Dyke. Uh-huh. I remember one time being like, dude, why is your last name Van Dyke? Why don't you have uh -oh. like, a, like Right, you know uh -oh. where what he yep. and I and I had and I'm like fully naive to this. No clue, yeah. No clue, no clue why a black man might have a Dutch last name, <laughs> and uh, and he spelled it out for me in, in no uncertain terms. You know, I happen to come from a part of the world, yes, <laughs> where the Dutch rather than the English or American or Belge, you know, and I'm yes, like, oh. It's, it's like, yeah, like my last name's Petty. So it's always funny if people go, oh, like the race car driver, like Tom or Richard or something. I'm like, yeah, their family probably owned mine. And I just stopped the combo and they're like, oh, oh, oh. 
that's what happened with me and my buddy. <laughs> yeah, he was like, yeah, this, yeah, the, yeah, the Van Dyke family owned my ancestors. That's why we have the last name. I'm just like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I think I probably gave him a hug. <laughs> I know, right? Like, hey, man, sixteen-year-old me, I wouldn't have known what else to do. <laughs> right, right, right. So funny, man. You talk about a bunch actually in the in the earlier part of the book about the doctrine of discovery. Yeah. And how it still shapes our stories. Mm-hmm. Um, for folks who don't maybe fully grasp some of that, can can you walk us through a little bit of how sure. you know how this this little papal document? I mean, is why we have Canada and America. You know, uh, this uh, this papal document, as in the uh, the uh, Pope, right? They would put out these different like stances and, and statements. Um, about their theology and their stances on things. So the doctrine of discovery was this idea of like, hey, for the glory of God and of nation and kingdom, you need to do essentially what God told Adam to do, which was like, go and subdue the land, right? Um, and when you do that and and bring them under the dominion of the church, right? And when you do that, whoever you are waging war against, well, they are the uncouth savages so in that sense you're doing the work of god by you know waging i'm mixing my terms here but waging what would be considered a holy war against these savages because they're somehow less Mm, than human image bearers they're less human they have not developed into the fullness of human you know um yet and it's your job to do that so if they die i mean this is a casualty of of war of of bringing the nations under the submission of god and good news of the gospel under the good news of the gospel so so and we still haven't shaken it like so when why the indigenous have such a special sort of place in our brain that we have to keep relearning and going well no they're just as human as the rest of us unless as far as like nation states are concerned is because the doctrine of discovery, you know, um, how you could still have a slave trade is a doctrine of discovery, you know, and, and just any of these things that are just like, how can anyone who professes to be a believer of the person of Jesus, could you do this to another human? Well, because the church said it was cool. Like, cause I'm bringing this because I'm doing the work of God. Yeah. Well, you know, George Floyd had counterfeit. Money. Well, I mean, yeah, he had a lot of drugs on him. So, you know, it didn't oh, hurt him. Goodness. Like he was, he was superhuman. He was super strong. And, you know, black men, like big black men like that, like they, you know, they super strong because supremacy, because we're biologically different. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, we're still in this in the shadow of that. Yeah. Yeah. OK. And so so your point, I think, uh, was not just specifically how the doctrine of discovery shapes us today, but how all of these kinds of stories yeah. continue yeah to so yeah and 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 the importance of looking back at that and going there it is that's where the that's where the weed got in you know so we need to uproot that you know and then you'll start seeing a different sort of like harvest coming out out of yourself once you found out like that's that's the poison that's the poison you know we'll take a quick pause to thank my patrons Big shout out to everybody who supports the show, whether they give monthly or annually or just one-time gifts. 
Everything is helpful. Everything is appreciated. Everything helps me keep doing this work, bringing these voices to you and writing my books. I've got a bunch of writing planned for this summer while my kids are away, and I'm really looking forward to it. Big shout out to David, who is my latest patron. Thanks for coming on, man. If you are listening to the show, if you're enjoying it, if you would like to support it, if you would like to get access to the B-sides where I unpack these uh, interviews with my friends in greater detail, then you should head to jonathanpuddle.com support. There you'll find a link to my Patreon. Uh, if you want the B-sides, you do need to join Patreon. If you just want to chip in, then you're free free to give a one-time gift, and that's wonderful. But if you do want the B-sides, you need to join up for the monthly or annual giving via Patreon, just because that's the way that I actually make it available. Um, So I just don't really have a way of getting that out to you if you don't join up into Patreon, because that's where I put it. So anyway, uh, love to have you, love to get to know you better, love to have closer access to you. That's what Patreon is for. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Love to you all. Let's get back to the show. What happens when we don't, when we internalize our bad stories? You know, when, when, when the only definition we have is, you know, this, uh, I mean, to, to, from, from my example, it would be, um, I am a, I'm a colonizer. Like if, if the only story I believe about myself is, well, you know, my ancestors, they, they committed these evil, heinous crimes, you know, and I guess I'm my ancestors. Yeah. And, you know, for, for you, it's going to be a different set of stories. But what happens when we when we believe the, the bad stories and internalize those? I think abuse. I think abuse for yourself and I think abuse to the people around you. And I think that you start the process of in your own mind and heart dehumanizing, you know, and I think it starts with the dehumanization of yourself, you know, that you are not able to reckon with sort of the bits and pieces that made you who you are and your um, gift to terraform it, to reshape it, to rethink those things and to uh, put into practice better stories. You know what I'm saying? But if you just stay there, I think, you know, what the, what the right wing out here calls the victim mentality, I think, well, that's it. That if you're like, this is who I am. And I'm like, all right, well, stay in your house then if that's what you know what i'm saying like well don't ruin the rest of us rest of our experiences because you're not ready to like you know you're trying to stay a caterpillar then i guess go ahead you know um you're gonna die that it's gonna kill you you know you're supposed to become a butterfly you know so um so i think that metamorphosis is yeah. scary yeah i get it you have no argument you're right it's scary you could either I mean, you could avoid it or die. So, okay, sure. You know, I've, I've, I've gotten to a place in my own personal life to where I'm like, I, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight fights that I don't have to fight, you know? Um, but I am going to present the jewels and gems of the world that I feel like I've been privileged enough to have, I'm not gonna fight you over it. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, like, well, staring into the abyss is scary. And yeah, you're right. Stay where you are then. Yeah, I'm just not, I'm just (laughs) not gonna stay. Like I looked into the abyss, you know, I jumped off the cliff. How many metaphors you want me to use? I looked into it. I stared off and was like, I'm gonna jump. Yeah. 
you know, and it's turns out it's beautiful, beautiful on the other side, you know. That's it. Yeah. I was talking to a buddy yesterday and I said, you know, we sit here, we, we were talking about this in a theological mm-hmm. context because we're both in ministry and and we get people giving us a hard time when our when our theology changes. Yeah. And you know, we're sitting here looking over there, being like, Oh, that's strange, which means it's probably poisonous. Yeah. Oh, that's different. That means toxic. Meanwhile, I'm just gonna keep eating this garbage yeah, totally. that's been making me yeah. decades. Yeah, I always laugh at especially the theobrogens, man. That's what I like to call them. I'm like when I'm like, all right, so the day you became a believer, you fully understood the atonement, or has your theology changed as a grown? Did you get it then? Yeah, I didn't either, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't, you didn't, you didn't get it. And neither did I, you know what I'm saying? Like, why, why are you so afraid? Yeah. That's uh, even this, like looking into the abyss. A lot of that is, has to do with like your theology too, coming from our perspective to where you're just like, you got this naughty list of, yeah, you know, that you're not supposed to read of, you're not supposed to eat from their table. And then you go over there and you're like, actually it's, it's not that bad, you know? And, um, you know, for me, it was like, especially theologically, it's like you start traveling the world, you're meeting these other circles of people that you taught had horns going out, going out of their heads. And you realize like, oh, yeah, not only are they just as Christian as I am, their faith's older than mine. You know? And I'm like, oh, oh, you've been working on this longer than me. Uh, yeah. yeah, that, that to me, like, man, when you realize like that, the Western church is like, it's 11% of the body of Christ. Like the majority of the church don't think like us. Yeah. And, and they've been around longer. So you're like, oh, okay. So that's why I started off with like open-handed humility, you know, like, I'm just going to be open-handed about yes. it. If you haven't grown in the last 10 years in your, in your, the way you see the world, I'm like, that's a problem. Yes. I think you got an idol, man. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yes, for sure. How, how much, how important do you think travel or being exposed to just like totally different kinds of narratives are in just exposing your own stories? Uh, it's irreplaceable. I, I, it's irreplaceable, you know, and I, and I, and I say this, you know, from a place of privilege in the sense that I can travel, you know what I'm saying? Um, but that's not to say that that person who lives in the remote village can't have a full, beautiful and live a great life. You know what I'm saying? Cause that, that would be also again, very, very like global North perspective, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so I'm, that's not to say that, but for, for the ability to know that there's more than just this jungle you know what I'm saying? And I say that metaphorically speaking, the jungle of Los Angeles, you know, to know that there's more than this, I, I see nothing but benefit from it. There are hamburger options other than In-N-Out. There are. Yeah. And you're right. You know, there's, they're inferior, but there are, they are there. Should there be? <laughs> yeah. The question is more, should there be? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. One of my, <laughs> my son, my, my middle son, all of his best friends at school are from Eritrea. Yes. We've got this little, little uh, community of Eritrean families who've, who've all uh-huh. escaped horrific things, survived in insane levels of adversity uh-huh. to make it to Canada. 
And yeah, she, the mom, sweet, lovely lady who my wife is probably going on a walk with in 20 minutes, said to us the other day, wow, you know, the government is giving us more money. We, the government keeps giving us support because we're on lockdown and the school and because of COVID and the schools are closed, but the government is just handing out cash to us to help us. It's so strange that the government would help us. Yeah. And, and her entire framework of what the government is and isn't doing right now uh-huh. is completely different. Yeah. Cause all my white friends are complaining about how the government is not allowing us to go to barbershops. Yeah. You can see from my beard. Uh, uh-huh. But her whole perspective on what the government is and isn't doing, totally different. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's all, it's all perspective. You know what I'm saying? And like how you have, the reality is like, yeah, you just, you know, um, I think C.S. Lewis says like, if with reading, you know, you get a thousand set of eyes, you know what I'm saying? And I'm paraphrasing, obviously. So you having all these like Atrian, you know, and East African Habesha, like people in your life, like you just got, you just got a brand new set of eyes, you know? And, and it helps you like reflect back at yourself. Like, what am I really worried about? Like, you know, yeah, can't go to a barbershop. All right. Okay. Right. You got scissors, fam. Like if you, 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 you can cut, you can cut a beard if you want to, you know? <laughs> yeah. So you lead us into prophetic imagination. Yes. You, you ask us to cultivate, to do what's necessary to cultivate a prophetic imagination. Mm-hmm. And and dream of a bigger world that we can, a different world rather, not a bigger world. Yes. <laughs> See, there, bigger is a way that yeah. I am conditioned to the culture uh, <laughs> yeah. of a different world that we can then go to make. What, what would you leave us with? Man, that the sky's the limits, bro. Like, is that like a, imagination got us where we are now, you know? Um, and, but if you look back at something and you're like, yo, I'm not, I don't like how this is, then think of something else, you know? Um, and accept that norms are made. We make norms, you know? So if let's make new ones, I want to leave people with, not with like, you should do this, but like, you can come up with what should is like, use the sky. I can't stress this enough. The sky's the limits, bro. Like I'll use your imagination, you know? Um, all of our norms were made up. All of our institutions were made up, you know? So then let's make up new ones because we clearly, I mean, we need new ones, yeah. you know? So we got to make them up. It's on us. Yeah, word. Yeah. So man. I know you're a coffee snob and we've just been talking about East Africa. So where do you, how, how much do you love an Ethiopian coffee ceremony? You, you like it black and sweet? Oh, popcorn? oh, you don't you see, you see, the, you see the coffee bar. Yeah, right yeah. There, right? <laughs> Yeah, no, there's nothing like it. Had getting the Jebana together and like, yeah, like there's nothing like it. I mean, it was the one time in my life I ever felt like, okay, this is this is timeless. Time has stopped. I'm truly present. You know, sitting in a village in Ethiopia, drinking a after a coffee ceremony in the back of like a convenience store where this lady lives with you know, and just yeah, dog. There was nothing. There's nothing that could, I, my life will never be the same after sitting there. You know, like it wasn't the tourist one. It was some lady's house yeah. who was like, hey, you want some coffee? And I was like, yes, yes, I want some coffee, you know, and just the smell, the popcorn, like, nah. It, yeah, it was 
there's nothing like it. Because we did the colonizer thing to the coffee too, like everything else. Yeah. And, and you, yeah, and there's a poem in there about that. Yeah, yeah coffee were a man. Yeah. That's ours too. And I remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's sitting with this Eritrean family, and 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 she said, uh, we would love, it was our first time, and they cooked for us, and then they said, we, you know, this is what we would do next. Would you have coffee yeah, with have it? a simmer? I, yeah. I, I could tell that there was a sacredness to this. I yeah. was a little ignorant to it, but but I could tell that, that this was an invitation, you know, and and sorry, like yeah, and what they'll tell you is this, dude. I know it's the same, I know it's like this in Ethiopia. Like, if we didn't like the the company, your company, they'll offer you tea because <laughs> tea is fast. Tea's fast. Uh, like coffee is going to take 45 minutes to an hour. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, if I'm saying, Hey, you want to sit down and have coffee with us? It's like, okay, we actually are enjoying our time and we're enjoying your company. And we want to have conversation with you. We want to continue what we're doing, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's not fast. It's very slow, you know? And, um, once you know that about the culture, it's like, yeah, it just, it just, um, it just means so much more, you know, mm-hmm. the sacredness of it. Like, and especially like you have something that was discovered in the 1600s. It's like, you had 500 years to perfect it. Of course you're going, of course you're going to perfect it better than the rest of us. You know, and that's, that's, that's another thing I love about it. I'm like, y'all figured it out. You had 500 years to figure this out and you did. And I know there's like some beef, you know, between like Atria, Ethiopia, Yemen, like who did it first and who made it better. I'm just like, I have no skin in the game, <laughs> except that my ancestors are Ethiopian. So like, I'm gonna vote this, but I ain't find out till recently. So like, don't, don't quote me on it. But the point is, I'm like, I'm just glad y'all did it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, would you give us a, a prayer or a blessing or some kind of benediction maybe upon our imaginations? Man, yeah. yeah, man. Um, guess right now my my heart and soul is with you know my mind's on palestine you know and um sort of the uh just the scourge of what we were talking about just this idea of empire and like the modern nation state and expanding borders just the geopolitical part of it you know that's very separate from the humans that exist inside these made up borders you know what i'm saying like the humans that exist inside are the ones that are experiencing the pain and suffering of this like you know institution that continues to throw bombs you know what i'm saying so my heart is heavy for you know the people of the region and um so i guess i i just echo you know the the cry of of you know, the prophets of that era, you know, which is like, man, I just, I just, I pray for peace in the land, you know, and um, we would not continue to abuse our fellow image bearer. And like, you know, I'm, I don't know how your listeners would take this, but like, I am, my finger is pointed at the nation state of Israel, you know, because in this scenario, you're the bullies, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you got the guns, you know, and, and you, you're, you're doing the empire thing, man. Like, you know, and I know I don't live there, but it's kind of hard to not see, you know, this is not a, this is not a critique on Israelis or on Judaism. I'm talking about the post-World War II nation state doing what nation states do, you know? So I guess my heart is like, man, I just, 
may there be just peace and tranquility and 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 a recognition of family across these imaginary lines you know what i'm saying and that you know this brother against brother man like just pray that god would just cause it to end man like y'all family like you don't see this you don't see you family you know and um yeah so i guess my prayer would be to echo now let's pray for peace in the land dude amen thank you prop really really enjoyed that connection we had a bunch of discussion uh off air as well so go and check out his book terraform building a better world it's like a mixture of poetry essays artwork all written or chosen by prop to challenge us to like imagine a different world a better world and to do the work of transforming of terraforming this world into that better world and it's fun it's really quite a unique kind of project i really enjoy it recommend it it's a great resource to jolt your imagination to shift your even your creative flow and your problem solving perspectives about the world stop paying attention to things that maybe you've stopped paying attention to so go check that it's in the show notes of course also go and check out propaganda on spotify and apple music hip-hop will fill your soul with fire and energy and get your feet a dancing as well prop also has a really great couple of podcasts he's uh, does a bunch of stuff himself and then he with his wife he hosts the red couch podcast together and they talk about all manner of important things so go check that out you'll find those linked in the show notes friends uh in other sad news some of you will know steve austin he did a bunch of amazing work in the mental health space and he died over the weekend steve was a friend and colleague he was due to be on the podcast in uh, in the fall so i'm hoping to still be able to do something around his forthcoming book hiding in the pews erasing the stigma of mental health in the church I think that would be really wonderful if we can still do something about that book and help promote it, uh, help support his family. There is a GoFundMe available now for Steve's family. So if you would like to give, that would be a blessing to me to know that uh, we had stood by his family at this time. You'll find that linked in the show notes and on my social media. Still asking that his family's privacy be respected and they be given space to process and grieve. But uh, if you are processing and grieving that yourself, just know that uh, we're here. Many of us are thinking about many of you. Remember that grief is not a linear process. The heart moves at the speed the heart moves. Uh, Get angry. Be gentle with yourself. Drink lots of water. Go slow. Let it all flow. And pray for his wife and kids. Much love, my friends. We'll talk soon.